0: Welcome to the Godfather and Gourney podcast. You're hearing a different voice. This is Mike Farrell, National Recruiting Analyst or Director or whatever you want to call me at Rivals.com. I'm with Adam Gourney, National Recruiting Analyst from out west. Dave Barry, slacker that he is. Our uh, producer isn't here today, so. Another day off. Yep, we'll make fun of him as much as possible throughout (laughs) this uh, podcast. But there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, we've got recruiting rankings this week for the 2019 class. We'll talk about that. Uh, but we got to talk about the college football playoff rankings, of course. Not a lot of drama except for that fourth spot, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, 1, 2, and 3, no surprise there. Three undefeated teams, which is very, very rare. Uh, I think we're in year five of the playoff, and uh, that's obviously never come close to happening. But Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, that was the big debate. My choice was Oklahoma uh, based on the fact that they avenged their only loss. The fact that they were Big 12 champs. I think the Big 12 is a much stronger division uh, conference than people give it credit for. Um, Georgia had their chance at Alabama. Lost. um, And Ohio State lost to Purdue by three touchdowns. So that's the way I broke it down. How did you break it down? Who was your fourth team?
1: Yeah, this isn't going to cause a lot of drama, but I was definitely on the Oklahoma bandwagon after those Saturday games for many of the same reasons. Georgia... I actually have Georgia 6th, and here's why. Uh, They lost by 20 at LSU. They gave up 36 points to an offense that can't score. They only scored 16. They They got essentially blown out at LSU if you watch that game. And then they lost to Alabama in their conference championship. So, you know, everyone's saying, well, if you, you know, especially Kirk Herbstreet and a lot of Georgia supporters are saying, well, if you watch Georgia play a football game, they're definitely one of the four best football teams in the country. Well, when I watched Michigan play up until that Ohio State game, I thought the same thing. So your eye—you can't trust your eyes. You have to trust the outcomes on the field. Alabama beat them. Kirby choked again. Uh, that you know, we can talk about that game and how that, that how that played out. Um, but Georgia should have won that game for the second time that they played Alabama, but they lost the game. So you cannot take a two-loss conference runner-up over the Big Ten champion or the Big Twelve champion. Oklahoma's only loss was three points to Texas on a neutral field in October. They beat them handily in the Big 12 championship game. They have to get in. Uh, Ohio State, I would have fifth. Their one loss was a blowout loss at Purdue, which is incredible to think how they played down the stretch, especially against Michigan. And Northwestern was a tough team, but they ended up blowing them out too. So um, I would have Ohio State fifth, Oklahoma fourth, Georgia sixth.
0: Yeah, Ohio State, I had sixth. I had Georgia fifth. And again, people say, well, how can you split up one-loss conference champions with a two-loss non-conference champion winner? Um, I just didn't like the way Ohio State played this year. They were a good football team, but they struggled at times. Not only the Purdue game, they they struggled badly with Nebraska, which is not a good football team. They should have lost to Maryland. They didn't look good against Michigan State until late. Yeah, it's it's just not good football down the stretch. Now, again, they beat Michigan and destroyed Michigan at the end. Beat Northwestern. Northwestern's a solid team, but not great. Uh, I think they would have benefited terrifically from two different things. First, if Michigan had beaten Notre Dame in the opener, I think you'd be talking about Ohio State as a potential playoff team right now because obviously Notre Dame would be out of the picture. Uh, Then we would have a debate for two spots instead of one spot. And Michigan did come close in that game. Obviously, they lost by a touchdown. Notre Dame controlled the game for most of it. But a lot of people feel that if Michigan played Notre Dame later in the season, they would have taken care of them. But uh, that that one hurt. Because when you look at the Notre Dame schedule, really, you know, there were a couple games here and there that they struggled. Obviously, you know, Vanderbilt was a game they struggled. Pitt. Um, Pitt was a game they struggled, certainly winning 19-14. to Northwestern they beat by 10. But I think the toughest team on their schedule all season long was by far Michigan in that opener, 24-17 to victory. So Michigan sort of gets a little bit of revenge on Ohio State by losing to Notre Dame. That makes no sense at all, but in my world it does. Uh, Oklahoma was my number four. Um, you know, just a dynamic offense, the defense is pretty bad they played okay against Texas you know still giving up chunk plays uh, but that's what you have to expect from them uh, but didn't give up you know 50 points so that's that's good for them and I think they bring an exciting brand of football to the playoff and then you know Ohio State as I mentioned just playing down to teams Georgia let's talk about that championship game because the Jalen Hurts story is an awesome one yeah Um, you know if you're not a fan of Georgia or Alabama, if you're just a college football fan like I was, there's no way you couldn't have been rooting for Jalen Hurts.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, everybody's transferring and, and you know, let them do what they think is best for their own careers. He thought staying at Alabama was the best thing for his career. Um, it'll be interesting to see what
0: happens after this season. Um, yeah, he'll, but, probably, he'll probably leave after this season, but he stuck it out. I mean, he could have transferred this year.
1: Yeah, he could have done oh, a Blake Barnett
0: and transferred at, what, halftime?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely to his fourth school, um, but yeah, and, and the way he he came back in that game was awesome. The touchdown pass was awesome. He was just he was just phenomenal. It wasn't like he had he showed any rust at all, and it, it was a it was a great comeback. Let's talk about the the fake punt because no, Kirby Kirby kind of defended it in the in the post game, saying that he you know they looked at it and they thought they had something there, hmm. but you're you it's a tied game. There's a minute and a half left, or something like that, two minutes, something like that, and that's what you pull off when when Alabama had their defense on the field. I don't get how you don't call that off or allow not allowed to happen. And he had to go an insane amount of yards. It wasn't 11. like fourth and yeah, it wasn't like fourth and one. Uh, fourth I, I just don't see how that would be have been possible. I think Saban is clearly in Kirby Smart's head. He had the national championship won. And blew it. He had the SEC championship, basically won and blew it. Uh, and, and there's just something there that uh,
0: that uh, teacher is, is taking advantage of student here. And uh, let's talk about Justin Fields because it seems like they're forcing him out there. Yeah. Um, to me, you know, Jake Fromm was playing great. There's no reason to put Justin Fields in for any plays. I, I know. You know, strategically, you want to you know, sell the run game and and the potential of a quarterback running, but they put him in for one play and then they take him out. They let him throw, I think or attempt to throw, I think once. Um, he was in on the fake punt and he was the guy if if I'm remember Yeah, he got correctly, tackled, yeah. He, he was the direct snap. Yep. So are they forcing Justin Fields out on the field to try to keep him from transferring? I I I think it kind of screws with the offensive continuity. Now, it didn't really affect this game, but it's a good problem to have to have two really good quarterbacks and two talented kids like that and to recruit five-star quarterbacks three straight years, which has never been done, Jacob Eason being one of those guys who's also transferred. But are they are they playing Justin Fields to keep him from transferring, or are they playing Justin Fields to make them a better football team? I almost feel
1: like they're playing him so he doesn't transfer, and that is going to force him to be unhappy and transfer. Because they're putting him in situations where they're not utilizing his strengths. Imagine if Trevor Lawrence just came in for Kelly Bryant here and there and just ran the ball. I mean, Justin Fields is a phenomenal throwing quarterback. He can fire it all over the field. He was second in the class behind Trevor Lawrence, and we've seen what Trevor Lawrence can do. Um, he, Kirby does have an issue... Because he can't bench Jake Fromm. I mean, Jake Fromm took him to the national championship game and then back to the SEC championship game uh, with one loss. So it's a very difficult situation. Um, did Justin Fields choose the wrong school? Possibly. Does he or, or does he have to be incredibly patient? Because um, Jake Fromm will probably be the starter next year. I don't see a situation where that can change uh, because the offense is running pretty well. Um, But putting him out there to do Wildcat quarterback, putting him out there to run a fake punt, that's just really not utilizing his ability. So, you know, Kirby recruited him. If he's willing to be patient for two years and then get into the game, that's that's one thing. Um, You know, Kyler Murray was pretty patient behind Baker Mayfield, and that's worked out well. Um, But I don't know if Justin Fields is the type of kid who's going to come back next year and also just run Wildcat quarterback or if he's going to look for an opportunity elsewhere, because you know that teams are reaching out and, and want him and uh, you know are promising an opportunity to start immediately. In terms of the NFL, it's probably better for Justin Fields to sit behind Jake Fromm for another year, play a year, and then leave, because that gives them less tape to look at and to dissect his game, and he'll still be a big-time name. He'll still put up big numbers in that one year as a starter, and it will work out. It's just a question of whether he's patient enough to do that and and whether, you know, this is his team in, in two years because it doesn't seem like they trust him to throw the ball at all.
0: Yeah, and, and we know kids aren't patient these days, so yeah. it's going to be interesting. Now, the other schools he looked at, he looked at Florida State. He would easily be the starter there next year. He looked at people He looked at Florida. Corny's dying. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse or, me. Or he's dying on the podcast. <laughs> the the uh, day has finally come. There's no cough button in this studio. <laughs> um, so he looked at Florida State. He would easily be the starter there next year. He looked at Florida. He would easily be the starter there next year. He committed to Penn State. He would easily be the starter there next year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, you, you got to be careful sit what school you choose. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so
1: so, so would do you sit behind Jake Fromm, and then become the starter at Georgia? Do you transfer, sit for a year, and then become yeah, the I mean, starter? Yeah, he's, at that he's
0: in a tough situation. I it I is, would yeah. I would stay, I would stick to my word. I, I knew what I was getting into when I started. I, I mean I committed to Georgia. I believe he committed after they lost the national championship game or was it before? I, I it, can't remember.
1: I believe but, it was before, but he still knew that Jake Fromm yeah I mean Fromm at that time Jake Fromm was the established year. starter, yeah. Right.
0: And they were a playoff team and all that other stuff. So he he knew what he was getting into, uh, potentially. And again, everybody's got great confidence in their abilities. I'm sure he's looking over at Trevor Lawrence though and he's saying, What did I do? I should yeah. be someplace else. He's got people in his ears now. Obviously, college coaches can't reach out to him and tamper, as Gorney said they were. Uh, I didn't which, say him. I said people around him. They could talk well, to any seven and seven college, coach they want. You said college coaches. Were, <laughs> that never illegal, illegally contacting a, a prospect. <laughs> which is never the case. Um, you know, but everybody's in his ear. You know, you got to get out of there or whatever. I think it's a sign of, of failure if he leaves. I think it's a sign of quitting. Um, you can't make it. You know. And I think the NFL would take note, although the NFL doesn't seem to care about no, stuff like that. No, they don't like care that. about stuff like <laughs> they that. They don't care about stuff like that, but no. uh, I do, because I'm a crotchety old man, but I don't know. I, I just think, you know, you got to show some character, and that's what Jalen Hurts showed. Tremendous character. It was great to see him be able to come back and and sort of turn the tables a little bit and be the guy who saved the day for Alabama. I mean, that's just a great story overall, and I think... If Fields stays, which I think he should, uh, I think he will be obviously the starter after Fromm leaves. Fromm's going to be a three and out yeah. guy if he's yeah. he's talented enough. So I don't think there's an issue there. Um, so overall, it's it's a tough question, you know. I mean, because we don't know what Justin Fields is thinking or 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 what his his you know mindset is. But I I'll tell you what, I think this season. He was sort of mismanaged a bit.
1: Yeah, and, and this is the interesting thing. Now it's tough, but it gets way tougher next year because Dorian Thompson-Robinson... Let's look at the rankings. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is the starter at UCLA. Joey Gatewood could be the next starter at Auburn. Justin Rogers will definitely be the starter at TCU moving forward. Emery Jones seems to be being groomed to be the starter for Dan Mullen and should be perfect in that offense. Adrian Martinez is already the starter at Nebraska. Uh, Joe Milton is going to probably have significant playing time at Michigan. And then on the pro-style side, Trevor Lawrence starts. JT Daniels is the starter. Matt Corral will be the starter at Ole Miss. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks that were ranked behind
0: him that are already getting significant playing time. Yeah, well, it's a good problem, as I mentioned, that that Kirby Smart has here. It's better than having no quarterback at all. But uh, I thought that was an interesting... Uh, part of that Georgia-Alabama game, especially since it was the direct snap to Justin Fields. Not that, you know, he's expected to be the savior and pull off a 4th and 11 when the defense is on the field. That was yeah, he ridiculous. could
1: do. And, and and the play, I don't think if it was 4th four and, and 1 it would have worked. It just did not seem
0: to have any uh, anything going for it there. Now, some of these matchups, Oklahoma against Alabama, I think... I really think it's going to be a close game. And I know a lot of people don't believe that because the defense is so bad um, at Oklahoma. But that Alabama defense is good. But I don't know how they're going to stop that Oklahoma offense. There's so much talent on that football team.
1: And they spread them out. So, you know, Alabama is going to be bigger and they're going to hit harder. But Oklahoma will be able to move the ball. Um, when Alabama struggled, it was against teams like Ole Miss that threw it deep and spread you out and went fast. And for years Nick Saban complained about you know player safety with this with the spread offense and the fast pace well this is something that they 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 can't practice for this they they there's no way to prepare for what they're going to see from Kyler Murray there's no way to prepare for if Hollywood Brown comes back which it looks like he probably will CD Lamb, Lee Morris, Grant Calcaterra, Trey Sermon there are a lot of weapons that they can go so 14 as a spread is very surprising to me because I think Alabama wins the game. Um, I think Alabama will easily move the ball against Oklahoma's defense. I don't think Oklahoma will be able to stop them, but I think Oklahoma will score points in this game and put pressure on Alabama.
0: Yeah, what, I don't know what the over is, but I would take
1: seventy-nine. The over. That's low. No, that's like a forty to forty game.
0: Yeah, that's low. This you is going to be like fifty-two to forty-eight. Yeah, it could be. It could I, I be. I just you can't stop Oklahoma's offense, and Oklahoma can't stop anybody's offense. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be one of those. I would take the over. Sure, but that's just me. And then Clemson Notre Dame is interesting. They played what? What was it was it last season in the monsoon or was it two years ago?
1: Two years ago, I think, when was that the game when the oh no no, that was the monsoon where uh
0: NC State Taylor, was the monsoon. Yeah,
1: refused to run the ball in the monsoon. No, but
0: they played in inclement in weather, I believe. Uh, was it
1: two thousand fifteen,
0: I think? Might have been two years ago, I can't remember, yeah. but they gave him a game. I mean it came down to Uh, a late score, and uh, I think this is an interesting matchup as well. A lot of people think Clemson's going to roll Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a very underrated defense, one of the top five in the country, I believe. Clemson has the number one defense, even after giving up 8,000 yards to Jake Bentley in South Carolina. (laughs) Um, So it's a good defensive matchup. Offensively, I think there's more weapons, obviously, at Clemson. Um, The big question is, can the freshman... Playing like he's a junior or senior because he just continues to show no ill effects of pressure. Um, he he's just he's just like everybody else. I mean, he's not a true freshman anymore. And Clemson's offense with T. Higgins and and all those receivers, Murray Rogers, it's really really difficult defense uh, offense to stop. So I've got Clemson by two touchdowns in that game.
1: Yeah, I do too. I, if not more, and you know Notre Dame. Deserves to be here. If I watch, I watch a lot of college football. You watch a lot of college football. Do I think Notre Dame is one of the best four teams in the country? If Georgia played Notre Dame today, if Ohio State played them, if Oklahoma played them, I don't know if Notre Dame wins any of those games. Um, but I also have been, you know, kind of discrediting Notre Dame all year, and then they go out and they blow out everybody. So, um, but this is going to be different, and Trevor Lawrence is going to play well. Ian Book is also a first-year starter, um, and I don't know how they're going to handle that defensive front. Ian Book is not a huge kid. He's going to have to move around a whole lot. They, they want to establish Dexter Williams running the ball to get the pass game going with those big receivers. I don't know if they're going to have any success doing that. So I'm worried that this is going to be one of those 38-10 kind of games. Uh, it's going to be a bad national semifinal, and then we're going to have this discussion about whether Georgia or Ohio State should have been that fourth team to give Clemson a game. I think if Georgia lines up against Clemson, it's a very, very good game. I think if Ohio State lines up against Clemson, I think Urban Meyer can get that offense moving against that defense. I'm not entirely sure what Notre Dame does here to get the get the ball moving down the field because they're not going to be able to establish the run against that front.
0: Well, but remember this. They played Georgia last year, and this that was not as good a Notre Dame football team. And they lost by one point. Nor it was at home
1: early in the season. Fromm was just getting
0: started. Nah, but still. Um, and I'm going to correct you a little bit. Notre Dame doesn't blow out anybody except for Florida State. No, that's true.
1: Yeah, and I was I thinking. Mean, I yeah. was thinking of the Syracuse game.
0: I mean, they 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 beat Virginia Tech pretty handily. They beat Navy pretty handily. Syracuse, they lost their quarterback early, so that wasn't. Real. But USC by a touchdown, yeah, and USC should have won
1: that game, and USC
0: should have won that yeah. game. Yeah, so hit by five, you know, Vanderbilt by five, Ball State by eight, Michigan by seven. They're in close games. Now that is an advantage because Clemson's not in close games. You know, I think Syracuse was the only real close game this season. I don't really count the South Carolina game because they ended up pulling away. Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, look at it: fifty-nine to 10, 77 to sixteen. Uh, 27 to 7, 42 to 10. They're just destroying. Now Texas A&M was a close game early in the season as well, but we know Clemson will be ready to play in a tight game. But if Notre Dame gets it to the fourth quarter, you know they've been in tight games before. They've, they've handled the pressure before. I don't know if they're going to get blown out like
1: 48 to 10 or whatever you said. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm predicting 38 to 10, 38-17, something very comfortable, a clear Clemson victory. Yeah, I got two touchdowns,
0: so that's a pretty clear Clemson victory as well, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the Notre Dame-Alabama game, you know, the, the 2000 what was it, 2012 National Championship game where they just got thumped and embarrassed. Yeah. I think Notre Dame has gone through a tough schedule, and people say, it's not a tough schedule, these teams stink. When you're scheduling these schools way out in advance, I mean, teams I like... Michigan obviously is a tough team. Stanford had a rough year, but they were a tough team. Virginia Tech is always a tough team, except for this year. Pitt's not bad. Northwestern's good. Florida State is always a top twenty-five program. Um, USC is always a top twenty-five program. It just so happens a lot of these teams stunk this year. But this was a really hard schedule to me. Well, you know, I don't know if I don't know if these close wins
1: are reflective of if they'll be tough in the fourth quarter or if they're even going to get to the fourth quarter, because. USC is not a very good football team, and they were up in that game. Notre Dame came back to win. They played very well against Syracuse, especially, uh, you know, knocking Eric Dungey out of that game. Florida State's a mess. At Northwestern was kind of a slog, and they scored late to pull away. It that that game was 24-21 in the last couple minutes. Navy's a joke. Pitt, I mean, we saw what Clemson just did to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was playing really well in that game. They actually established their
0: only common opponent.
1: Uh did Clemson play Virginia Tech? W- Wake Forest is a common opponent. Oh, that's right. Uh but but not many crossover games. Florida State is a common opponent.
0: So the common opponents Yeah, they beat Wake Forest 63 to 3. And that game could have been
1: 630 to 3. They pulled <laughs> off really fast.
0: They beat Florida State 59 to 10. So that was that was a tight one. And they beat Pitt 42 to 10. So Yeah. I don't so, know. It's going to be Alabama
1: and Clemson. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not entirely not sure that Clemson isn't the best team in the country. I was watching the ACC championship there, and Pitt started feeling itself a little bit, and Clemson just opened up so fast and so hard that it seems like they can score whenever they want to, and they can stop anybody whenever they want to. And I'm not so sure that Alabama can, can do that as quickly. That, that, it's going to be a great championship game. I think it's going to be Clemson, Alabama for sure. It's shocking that both national semifinals are double
0: digit spreads. Yeah, and it should be a good game, obviously. I, I have Alabama beating Clemson, but I think the only team, you know, right now, obviously Georgia gave uh, Alabama quite the scare. Yeah. But the only team right now out of these four or three that could beat Alabama is Clemson. So it'll come down to that. I've got Alabama winning and. Uh, about six points, you know, a real tight game. Um, and it should be very, very entertaining national championship if it comes down to that. But, yeah. you know, I like this group. I mean, I know it's, it's a lot of the same. You know, Clemson's been there forever. Alabama's there every year. Oklahoma's there every year. Notre Dame's new. But um, I do like some of these matchups. They should be very exciting games. I, I, I did think this was Michigan's year. They blew it. Ohio yeah. State destroyed them. They finished seventh. They're playing Florida again. Yeah. The bowl game. A lot of the bowl games, they really don't thrill me that much.
1: I, I just know I'm going to be at a Buffalo Wild Wings eating lunch between Army Bowl practices watching Florida Michigan. It's going to be very depressing. Yeah. And it's <laughs> going to be a
0: bad game, too. Yeah. It's going to be 13-7 <clears throat> or something. Yeah. It, it's, it's just not... A lot of these matchups, none of a lot of them don't thrill me. UCF, LSU is interesting because if UCF beats LSU, then they can boast that they beat Auburn and now they've beaten LSU and they should be national champs again oh, and they'll probably put up another banner. I think there's a lot of people out there rooting for LSU to shut them up. Yeah, there are,
1: including me because, <laughs> you know, you're watching UCF Memphis and, you know, UCF is struggling with Memphis. They They luckily pulled out the first game. They pulled away late in this second one, but give me a break. This is not a team that can compete with Alabama or Clemson. I really hope, and someone put it in vulgar terms on Twitter, and I almost liked it, but I didn't because I didn't want to oh. get fired. No. Um, that they'll just shut up. You know, I, I I wish they got the fourth spot so they could play Alabama or the third spot so they could play Clemson and see what real football is like. When you're beating Cincinnati and Memphis, I don't want to hear anything about it. When you beat Auburn in one game, when Auburn clearly does not care and can't get up for the UCF game. And, and It's not exactly like Auburn is the greatest football team in the country. Um, it's just so tiring to hear it. I just wish they'd put him in so they could shut him up.
0: I don't think LSU is going to care.
1: No, I don't. Th- uh, Greedy Williams isn't playing. I'm sure they're not going to care very much. And it's really, it's actually a very very good spot for UCF because LSU can't score um, other than against Georgia. But uh, you know, the Joe Burrow is not exactly going to light it up. Um, I, that's just not a great matchup, I don't think. And it's kind of like them playing Auburn last year.
0: Um, another intriguing one. I mean, Washington-Ohio State is not intriguing at all. I think Washington no, is I don't an think extremely so boring football team to watch. And yeah. I think Ohio State absolutely rolls them. Texas and Georgia will be interesting. I think Georgia rolls Texas. Me like, too. It's kind of a cool matchup because you just don't see it. Right. Yeah, that's going to be
1: an interesting one. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of power football. It'll be interesting to see if Georgia goes, let's prove we're top four in the country and go out and blow them out. Or if they go, we're top four in the country and we're playing Texas. Uh, I really don't care. You know, It's going to be interesting to see how that game goes. I think Kirby will get them up to, to, to beat Texas pretty good there, though.
0: Yeah, I think they'll have to care. I mean, Texas is a pretty good opponent, and yeah, it's a national brand, and you know the SEC pride is on the line, and all that other stuff. I I don't see that for LSU against UCF because you know really again it's you're playing a Group of Five program and you're just not up for it. But when you're playing a Power Five program that finishes a runner up in the Big Twelve, I think Georgia will be up for it, and I think yeah. they'll they'll give them everything they've got and probably win that game handily because Texas defense isn't that great. Um, well, that's, that's pretty much the playoff wrap. We've got rankings. Uh, we just released our top 10 for the 2019 class. We got a few changes in there. I can actually speak to them because it's been released, which is good. Yep. Der- Derek Stingley remains the number one player in the country. Trey Sanders, the running back out of IMG moves up four spots to number two. So he's pushing to be the first running back since Najee Harris to be number one overall. Theo Weiss, Jaden Hasselwood, check in at three and four, so they're still within range there, wide receiver. Nolan Smith moves up five spots to number five in the country. He's also in range to be potentially number one. Darnell Wright at six, Brew McCoy at seven. Andrew Booth, a new five-star, is at number eight cornerback out of Georgia. Clemson commitment, George Pickens and then Kayvon Thibodeau. Nine and ten. So we've got some guys that aren't committed here. Let's roll them down. Where do you think they're going to go, Trey Sanders? I think he goes to Alabama for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that one's over. Yeah. Jaden Hasselwood. No one can figure him
1: out. No, I don't even think he knows what he wants to do. Um, the schools that he's picking, and we've talked about this at you know ad nauseum with Hasselwood that he wants to be developed for the NFL and he wants you know high scoring offense and all this kind of stuff. Well, he's at Miami, which can't score, has no quarterback. He is looking at Florida State, which uh, not very good. Auburn can't throw the ball. And Georgia, which, you know, kind of threw the ball okay this year. Didn't put up huge numbers, um, but has three running backs that they really utilize and will utilize into the future. So, you know, they're going to have, you know, Georgia is going to have uh, Zamir White, James Cook. You know, uh, you know, Swift, they're pretty good at running back. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm i leaning to
0: that he goes back to Georgia. Yeah, I think I am too. You know, I think Miami was hot there for a little while for him, but the way they finished the season and they're in the, what, the pinstripe bowl or something yeah, like that. I mean, yeah. it's just an embarrassing season for Miami overall. Probably yeah. has him soured on that. Florida State obviously had a horrible uh, season. Auburn, as you mentioned, it's just it's kind of interesting. I mean, he would be going there with George Pickens, who's also a five-star wide receiver. So, if he wants to be the guy, he'd have to beat out Pickens, who is best friends with Bo Nix, the quarterback of the future for Auburn. So, I, I just think when it, when a kid starts trying to choose a school based on who's going to prep him the best for the NFL, right? There's a large bus factor there. Now, yeah. Hasselwood is a superior talent. He's big, he's strong, he's got good hands, uh, he's fast. You know, you just can't see this kid busting out. But I just don't like the way that's being portrayed. Now, I'm sure when the conversations are with his family, they're discussing where does he feel most comfortable, what coaching staff does he feel most comfortable with, what major is he going to have. But really, he's, he's sort of come out and said it. And I think that's why people are repeating it is that he wants to be prepped for the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see if he if he pans out or not. I wonder. Um, I
1: wonder with with R.J. Henderson's 15th D commitment now to Oklahoma, whether if Oklahoma tries to get back involved because I think Hasselwood was very in, you know he called Oklahoma his dream school and he's got connections there and all that kind of stuff. But I think coming into the same class with Weese and Henderson kind of and Trajan Bridges uh, kind of worried him a little bit. But now with Henderson out of there, um, I wonder
0: if Oklahoma is pressing again to get back involved with that. Yeah, it might be a little too late. I mean, yeah. the early signing period is coming up in a couple of weeks. And yeah. I, I assume he's going to sign early, like most of the kids will. So we'll see. Oklahoma's a school, I mean, if you're a wide receiver, why wouldn't oh my you want to go to Oklahoma? You yeah, know? yeah. Absolutely. But you could say the same for Alabama now. You could say the same for Ohio State now. You could say the same for a lot of different offenses out there that are pass-heavy. And it's funny to say that about Alabama, but they just are. I mean, the, that passing game is just out of control yeah. when two is healthy. Um, so, you know, and Georgia is a pro-style offense. They run the ball to set up the pass. Yep. Um, Their running game is the key, and I think that's what he sees there. So, but... You also got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be and and who's going to surround you as far as talent is concerned and all that stuff. And I just don't see Miami and Florida State and some of the other programs he's looking at having the same stability as Georgia. So I'm I'm going with Georgia there. Darnell Wright, I've still got Alabama. Um, It's Alabama-Tennessee for him. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you look at the recent history, at least, of development of offensive line players, I mean, it's clear as day that Alabama... Um, would be the place to go if you're if you're serious about that Um, I just can't see someone of Darnell Wright's ability going to a program that's rebuilding to the level that they're rebuilding and um, the season was not very good at Tennessee Um, I just can't see him going into that situation I still think he goes to Alabama
0: They are a lot closer to home, though, so it depends on how much of a factor that is. And you know, there's other factors. There's people in his ear, and I know there's a lot of Tennessee uh, people in his ear, as far as you know, people he trusts and stuff. So I think it's a close one. I just don't bet against Alabama when it comes to five stars anymore. It's just kind of stupid to do that because I've been burned so many times. Um, Brew McCoy,
1: USC, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think he's. Still listening to Texas. I think he's very intrigued by Texas, but he goes to USC. And then Kayvon
0: Thibodeau, we both agree, is probably going to be Oregon.
1: You know, I'm thinking Oregon, but I would not count out Alabama right now. And That sounds like Alabama is going to land every player that's uncommitted in the top 10, but it's very possible. Um, He's also very serious about being developed for the NFL. Um, He loved his visit to Oregon, um, and they have been developing... Defensive ends really well there. I mean, Jalen Jelks was not a very good high school football player. I saw him. He did not dominate at at all. Um, And he's going to be a possible first-round pick. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead was very underwhelming in high school for his size and ability. Um, But he is a starter in the NFL now. So uh, I think Kayvon Thibodeau loved his visit to Oregon. um, But I think Alabama is not giving up there. So it's
0: something to watch. And I will say that we've got three additional five stars that have been named, and we got four guys who lost their fifth star. So this was a big ranking, a lot of debates. Um, That'll come out tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, You'll get to see the rest of the five stars and the rivals 100. Um, So we'll leave it at that. Let's go back to college football for a moment. Who's your Heisman winner? Oh,
1: boy. I still think it's Tua. Um, Really? Yeah, I do. I know. And here's why. Because he put it up again he put those numbers up against SEC defenses, and he and he put them up in three quarters. And you know, I, Kyler Murray wasn't playing a lot in, into the late fourth quarters of games because they were blowing teams out too. But still, um, the numbers Tua put up, the 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 way that that offense was running, the way they do, absolutely dominated teams, I still have to give the edge to Tua.
0: I'm going with Kyler Murray. I think he's, you know, again, th- this is coming from a guy who was completely against Kyler Murray being a five-star. I think he finished 78th in our rankings or something like that when other people had him as a five-star. thought he was too small. He was a legend in high school, all that good stuff. Um, I just I think he's done enough. He leads the entire nation in QBR. His stats are just ridiculous. I know two his stats are ridiculous, but when you look at Kyler Murray's stats, they're out of control. Haskins would be up there as well. Um, 40 touchdowns, 7 interceptions for Kyler Murray, plus the ability to run. 47 touchdowns, 8 interceptions for Haskins, not nearly the runner that Murray is. And then thirty-seven and four for Tua, so it's going to be interesting. It's obviously going to be a quarterback. I think they name him today the finalist, right?
1: I th- yeah, I believe it is today. The thing that I look at with Murray three hundred and forty attempts, and Tua has two hundred ninety-four attempts. So yeah, fifty more, more attempts, three, three less, three fewer touchdowns, seven hundred fewer. 700 fewer passing yards. There's definitely an argument for Murray. There's absolutely no doubt. And I do wonder if the story about Tua's dad and the belt and all that kind of stuff is is publicity that the Heisman people do not want. Um, we'll see about that. I still think the votes, the way that they're going to go, I still think Tua is going to win. Murray will finish a close second. Haskins will finish third. 123 rushes to Tua's forty-eight. Yeah. I mean, he so ran for 892
0: yards and 11 touchdowns. It's pretty impressive. So that makes up for the difference in passing as well. So 67% completion for Tua. Kyler Murray's percentage is 71. Seventy-one. So yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it it's going to be a – there's no running back that's in it this year. It's no. going to be a quarterback. It usually is a quarterback anyways every year, but it's going to be those guys. Do they just invite the three? I don't know. Who, who else could they
1: possibly invite? Maybe Will Greer? Um, I don't know. It should be just three. I mean, who else, Probably. Who else is even... I mean, Greer had good goes. numbers.
0: 37 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 67%. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he's, he's definitely a good college quarterback, and he's put up good numbers, but I don't think he needs to be there. I mean, it'd be a wasted trip to New
1: York. Can you can you give the Heisman and look? This is this is about the best player in college football, but it's also about being on the winningest team, and it's also about the future you know publicity of the kid. Can you give the Heisman to a kid who's not going to play football anymore?
0: Kyle. Oh sure, Charlie Ward. Yeah, that's true. You know it's been done before. I will tell you what, <clears throat> there's going to be a guy who's going to win it next year, and that's Trevor Lawrence um this year 24 touchdowns only four interceptions 2600 yards obviously wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season 65 percent completion percentage pretty amazing yeah numbers for a true freshman um he's going to be a Heisman winner uh there's no doubt in my mind so I think next year we can already chalk one up for him chalk it unless, up unless he gets hurt and then uh you know, because Fromm will be back, obviously. Haskins is gone. Um, well, Tua's back. Tua's back, yeah. Tua will be, will be back. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think Trevor Lawrence is going to put ridiculous numbers in the Clemson offense. So Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else? The Pac-12. What's <laughs> wrong with the Pac-12? The All conference right. bias ruined Washington State's <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that. that that's it. Yeah, that that was it. Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chun believes the Cougars being ranked lower than they should have been in the selection committee's final rankings because of the perception of the league. Well, the league sucks. Yeah, the about league that? is awful. Awful, I mean, awful. <clears throat> there was no discussion of any Pac-12 team in the playoff at all. No. Not, not even once. Um, they clearly need USC to be dominant. Or you know somebody to get hot like Washington who made the playoff or Oregon, yeah. Um, but this year was just it was awful. And the only way I see the Pac-12 making the playoff in the foreseeable future is if they expand it. And we can talk about expansion. Expansion would be pretty cool. Um, a lot of people are against it, of course. But when you look at including Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and those UCF. Nights uh, in an 18 playoff—that would be pretty cool. It
1: would be very um, cool. Um, you know, I don't think the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world want it though. Um, why would they want to have to play another game? Uh, this is this is one game to get to the national championship, and now they'd have to play two. So I think the powers—the powers that be—Nick Saban, who basically runs college football, everyone knows it, uh, and Dabo Swinney and Clemson and. I'm, you know, they don't, they don't want to have to play another game, um, you know, the conference. This is to go from go to from, to go from four to eight means one more week of games. No one is against that. Um, they play these meaningless conference championship games, which only really hurt the conferences, because if because if Greg Sankey at the SEC said we're not having a conference champion this championship this year, Alabama and Georgia both get in. There's no doubt about it. Why give your 11-1 team a chance to lose or your or your 12-0 Alabama team a chance to lose? It's stupid. So you could even eliminate the conference championship. If you want the best thing for the sport, you eliminate the conference championships. It's obvious who the best eight teams in the country are. If you're number nine, who cares? If you're Washington State, you really don't have an argument if you lose to Washington at home. I don't care if it's in the snow. You know, those games generally weather games generally benefit the offense. Now I understand the snow is a, is a big factor in the passing game and all that kind of stuff. But if snow is holding you back from winning a game, you're probably not that great of a team anyway. If 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 Washington came to Alabama and played in the snow, I think Alabama would win that game. So you expand to 8. 8 is the right number. You get those teams in, you get UCF in this year and then you could shut them up and then they could be number 9 forever and
0: we could all laugh at them again. They probably wouldn't even make it, actually, because if they did expand, I bet you they would put a contingency there that said conference champions are in, and Washington yeah. being number nine in the country would get in over UCF. So I don't even think UCF would make it if they expanded.
1: That's fine with me.
0: I don't want UCF in anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> they play nobody. They they can hardly beat Memphis. Uh, I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about it. I really don't want to hear about it because it's just not fair. It's like saying. You know, Buffalo was ten and three this year, so they should have a shot at playing Alabama or Fresno State. Fresno State's a pretty damn good football team. They were eleven and two, went up to Boise and won that game. Should they have a shot at the at the, at the number eight spot because they won the Mountain West? I don't want to hear about it from UCF. I don't care about twenty three and zero. They play absolutely nobody, and I don't care.
0: They play UConn though. <laughs> Is UConn the worst team in college
1: football? I. Uh, I think their defense their defense has to be intentionally not playing hard. I mean <laughs> they can't be that bad. I mean they, they are
0: historically
1: bad. I have to look I have to look at the schedule just to laugh. They're 1 in 11. Randy Edsel is a good friend from back in the day. But they gave up 57 at Temple. 55 to East Carolina who just fired their coach. Mm -hmm. 62 to smu 49 to tulsa who can't score they battled umass but they fired their coach too they battled at south florida uh memphis 55 cincinnati who doesn't have a great offense 49 62 to boise and 56 to ucf i mean that is amazingly bad that is just yeah Uh and their only win was a seven point win over uri <laughs> Cincinnati gave up 100 100- Cincinnati. Yeah, and that was a battle. They gave up 49 in that game. Yeah. They they gave up Cincinnati gave up 193 points this season. Yukon gave up 605.
0: Now, Since- some people say UTEP is worse. That's They're interesting. UTEP UTEP is not good either. And then
1: Central Michigan was
0: Pretty bad as well.
1: Well, they'll they'll have all problems fixed because Jim McElwain is going there to to Ruckers. Uh, no, Ruckers would kill UConn. <laughs> I think. I think. Although Arthur Sitkowski's numbers were so bad this year that you, it's almost like the offensive coordinator set him up for failure. When when you have like four touchdowns and twenty interceptions maybe you should change up the offense a little bit to suit your quarterback's abilities.
0: <laughs> UNC was pretty bad this year, too. Louisville yeah. was pretty bad, too. But I, I think in a matchup, I think they would all probably destroy UConn.
1: Yeah, they, they would kill UConn. Uh, That's your bottom
0: 10 right there. Ruckers
1: Rutgers-UConn could be a game.
0: They should have a bowl game like that.
1: That would be fun. I'd watch it. I would, too. Like the Rice? worst teams in
0: college football. Yeah,
1: Rice was definitely no good. San Jose yeah. State wasn't uh, wasn't threatening
0: anybody. So we got more players skipping ball games. The Jalen Smith, obviously Jalen Smith injury a few years ago. I predicted this would happen after Jalen Smith blew out his knee against Ohio State. Ended up being a second-round draft pick. He's a contract behind now, It's it seems, when it comes to money. So now you got Rashawn Gary... I don't know if Greg Williams said he's not playing yet, but he probably won't. Um, Nick Boza already quit on his team midseason. Um, there are going to be more and more and more of this. I'm just wondering how many more Nick Bozas there's going to be, but not for injury. I mean, he wasn't going to return apparently until December. Um, you know, so I just think there's going to be guys that are healthy that are going to shut down the, their. their their season midway through and just say i'm going to start preparing for the nfl so you should be super critical of rashawn gary now if you're sticking with your super critical yeah. of nick Bosa, right no i'm super critical of anybody who sits i was super critical of mccaffrey and fournette last year for sitting out the bowl games worked out well for them i think they were drafted fourth and eighth overall in the nfl yeah they're making yeah. millions and they're both doing well so or two years ago i don't even remember what year it was but uh I was super critical of them. I'm super critical of Rashawn Gary. He should be playing in the bowl game. He should be suiting up with his teammates for his last game, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I get it. I mean, if Jalen Smith hadn't blown on his knee, I don't think as much of this would be happening. But it it is. Um, I mean, the guy was supposed to be a top five pick in the NFL, if you remember correctly. And he kind of got lucky that the Cowboys picked him at the top of the second round. Yeah, I but he had to sit out a whole
1: round. season and I th- yep. you know, it was a complete uh, medical nightmare. They had to see 150 doctors about it. Yep. I can't I can't blame these kids and and seriously, does anybody really care about going to, you know, does anyone does AJ Dillon at Boston College care about going to the first responder bowl? Or does, you know, anyone at uh, TCU care about going to the Cheez-It Bowl? It's just a complete money grab. It's a waste of time. It's... You get a lot of Cheez-Its. <laughs> oh, God, they're terrible. I'm more oh, of a nips, like, a nips man. Oh, I love Cheez-Its.
0: You don't like your nips man. How did I know you were a nips man? Don't even <laughs> let me touch that one. As I crack my 17th Diet Coke in the morning. <laughs> oh, Gordy's a nips man. So I can't uh, I can't blame these kids.
1: These, so half of these bowls, almost every bowl, I'll watch because I'm a loser. But every bowl leading up until at least a couple of days before New Year's Eve are just so bad. When I see those guys in El Paso at the Sun Bowl, and this year Pitt and Stanford drew the short straw and have to go there, I just feel so bad. I mean, Lane Kiffin had to wear sunglasses on the sidelines uh, of that game, and you know that's a story for another day. But uh, you know that is that that's just bad. The Red Box Bowl. Who even knew Red Box still existed? Other than in like the worst grocery stores anywhere. I mean, it's just awful. Is
0: there is there still a bowl in Boise? A bowl in Boise,
1: the Boise Bowl. Uh, I don't know where it's negative forty yeah. degrees. Yeah, I know. You you see half these games. Uh, even Shreveport, Louisiana, last year. I think Florida State. It was like. You know, in the 40s and raining and there were like 2,000 fans in the seats. And I'm going to risk my NFL future so I could suit up to
0: play in this dumb bowl. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a stickler. I'm an yeah. old-fashioned guy. <laughs> I like to complain about stuff. So. The
1: Dollar General Bowl. I mean, this is just awful. Oh, yeah, the Idaho Potato Bowl on Friday, December 21st. BYU against Western Michigan.
0: That's going to be a thriller. Oh, my God, that's horrible. I think that's a good time to wrap up. We've gone 48 minutes into this. So keep an eye out for the Rivals 100 on Tuesday, the Rivals 250 on Wednesday. Lots of changes, new five stars, kids losing their fifth star. Next week we do the 2020 rankings, which people aren't as excited about because those kids are further away from signing, but still, we got a lot of changes there, too, probably even more changes there, Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what we do. We rank players, and we hope we're correct, and most of the time, actually, I can't say most of the time, probably 50% of the time, we're right.
1: Yeah, you get some right, some wrong, somewhere that's in the, we try. Yeah, <laughs> we do our best. We put a lot of effort into it, I'll <laughs> tell you what, those ranking meetings last week were just so horrible. I'm shocked we're both here today. Because that was getting to a point where, you know, going for a job at
0: Walmart was better. <laughs> I'm telling you, I keep saying it's the worst thing we do. But nobody agrees with me because everybody else has something else that they don't like. But yeah, no, there are worse things. For me, sitting there just <laughs> arguing over this kid should be a 5.6 and this kid should be a 5.5. It's just, I think we ranked probably 3,000 kids. Mike, you, you leave your
1: house at noon on a Friday to beat the L.A. traffic to sit at a Starbucks for two and a half hours before a high school football game. Hmm. That's that, A rankings
0: call is like uh, heaven compared to well, that. Well, I have flown from Hartford, Connecticut all the way to Charlotte, gotten to my game, lightning struck, and they canceled <laughs> the game. <laughs> I got to take some pictures of some guys during warmups, and then I had to fly back from Charlotte to Hartford. Those were the days, huh? I did go through a trip in Virginia, which was amazing, where uh, two of my three games got canceled. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday slate, and they had historic rain and flooding. <laughs> So two of the three games got canceled. The Thursday night game didn't, but I didn't find out about the Friday game until Friday, and I didn't find out about the Saturday game until Saturday. That was a big waste of time. I flew across um, the country because someone forced
1: me to to interview ah. Jadamian Clowney, walking from the practice field to the bus, which was about two and a half minutes of an interview. Yeah, but that's then, a great memory for you. You got to meet Jadamian Clowney.
0: Oh, oh, what a, what a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well... Someday you'll be the boss, Gordy, and you can order people around and do their thing. So <laughs> You're lucky you're not in New York in two weeks. That's oh, all I have God. to say I, I am I am very, very lucky about that. All right. Let's wrap it up. Dave Barry, thanks for, for nothing, I yes. guess. Yeah. Maybe next time you'll join us if you're not vacationing or whatever he's doing today. And uh, that's it. I'm going to hit stop.